BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome in, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. It is a victory party, so if you've got something to drink, raise them up, take a swig. The Kansas City Chiefs are victorious, uh, and they're 3-1 and one with a 23-20 to 20 win. An ugly win, but a win over the New York Jets. And speaking of New Yorkers, joining me uh, for the post-game show this week is our good pal from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam. Verderam, how many... Uh, what what was a what was a curse word count over your way tonight? It was high. I had to go outside and smoke a cigarette during the third quarter. I, I don't even smoke. <laughs> that game was the epitome of an ugly win. Seventeen nothing. You're sitting there going, "This is going to be a blast. It's going to be a joke. It's going to be another Chiefs Bears game, right?" And that game, in my opinion, you know, some people talk about safety. I, I thought the safety look okay. It's not ideal, but fine. There's even solid kicks at short field up seventeen five. That game changed on Mahomes' pick. All of a sudden, it's a short field, and everything switches. And I got to be fair. Zach Wilson played out of his mind. Yeah. Some of that was bad defense and, like, not getting home. Some of that was just unbelievable throws. He In the third quarter, that first drive, he had two back shoulder throws that looked like Joe Burrow would throw him or Josh Allen throw him or Mahomes. Couldn't defend him. Incredible. Like yeah. he, So give credit where it's due. Like he played really, really well for stretches. But in the end, they won. And I know because – Let's face it, as Chiefs fans, everybody's so spoiled that it should just be a 40-point win. Like, I know there's going to be a lot of consternation. They went on the road, and they won. And they got out of it seemingly injury-free, and you feel good about that. But, yes, was it hideous? Absolutely. Yeah, and I – you know, this we're emotional. We're fans, right? This always happens, and, and everyone kind of starts to panic when the Chiefs have a game like this. And to those fans, I was never worried. I mean, maybe I was a little worried, but um, I was never I was never panicking. Because I've seen, I've been watching this Chiefs team with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for years now. And I've seen them do this season after season, game after game, especially where they right. get a big lead early. And then Mahomes gets a little loose with the ball. And the Denver game last year is a prime example of that, where they were steamrolling them. And then they let them back into the game. They were obviously the superior team. And you saw who was the superior team in the first quarter of this football game. And then... The Chiefs got loose with the football, let the Jets back in it. And when you're playing in the NFL, the other guys are trying to win too. This is a good Jets defense. And this is why you don't want to make silly mistakes because they're good enough to start clamping down on you. And if Zach Wilson goes out there and has a drive or two of his NFL life, which he did, now all of a sudden you're sweating bullets trying to pull out the victory. But the Chiefs usually win these games because they're better and because they have Patrick Mahomes, and it's the same result this time. So I think if you're out there and you're worried and you're expecting that the Chiefs are going to do this, this is the Chiefs this season, they'll do it again. Don't worry. They'll do it again, maybe a couple times. But the team that you saw in the first quarter, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. I th- first of all, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. Secondly, listen, they won Super Bowl last year, and they went to overtime with the Texans. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd also point out 
the Jets are a lot better than the Texans team. And I would also additionally point out, guess what, guys? Last year, you lost this game to the Colts. Like, you did this and then you lost to the Colts, right? I mean, it, now that doesn't mean the Chiefs don't have some real issues coming out of this game. Like, at some point, your receivers have got to catch a freaking pass. I mean, they just can't do anything. Their receivers just stink to this point. They stink. Nobody gets open. Nobody catches the ball. I mean, you run down what their receivers did tonight. And it's it's pretty brutal. I mean, it there is not a lot to be thrilled about. So Mahomes rules for 203 and a very ugly performance from him. Okay. Kelsey had six for 60, fine. Pacheco three for 43, great. Gray one for 34, the touchdown. You're, you're still not to a receiver. Then you get to Rasheed Rice, three for 32. Eh. Carries Tony, two for 22. Eh. MVS, one for six. Eh. Justin Watson, one for five. Sky Moore, zero for zero. I mean, not winning a lot of games against good teams with your receivers just playing like garbage. And yeah. that is my like if you if there's any concern coming out, that's my concern. I'm not like I know some people are gonna freak about the defense. They ended up giving up 20 points and they were put in awful situations multiple times. In fact, really they gave up 18 points and they were in bad situations. Zach Wilson, part of it on the Chiefs, part of it was just, hey, look, man, the guy played great. You just gotta hand it to him. It was one of those freak things he just played out of his mind. I'm not worried about their defense. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of like, well, they didn't get enough pressure. They only sacked Wilson twice. They hit him 10 times. I mean, they could have easily had four or five sacks in the game. I think they'll be okay there. The receivers, to me, that is the growing, looming issue with this team. At some point, it cannot just be, hey, Trav, hope you get open, man, because otherwise, I don't know, maybe somebody gets free, maybe nobody does, and Pat's just got to run for 50 yards every game. I mean, that that is a growing problem for this team. Yeah, certainly something they have to look out for. Uh, before we get into the specifics, I got to let you guys know really quickly, uh, DraftKings is up their sign up for kick for the kickoff of football season. So new users can place a $5 bet instantly and claim a $200 in bonus bets up to $150 back in bonus bets. If your team loses, all you have to do is sign up with our code Arrowhead using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports the podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code Arrowhead to maximize your first best. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in a legal gambling state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. I'll say this about the receivers. I am a little concerned. However, I think the game flow in this one threw everything off its axis. And we've got a pretty small sample size here. Once Mahomes started throwing those picks, I think he clammed up a little bit. He, was, he started to play a little more conservative. He didn't want to make a mistake. The Jets got a little juice. They started running some stunts and getting some pressure. I want to go back and look at the All-22 and see if guys were, were getting open and Mahomes was just missing them. But they looked like they were on their way to a big offensive performance. And I think it would have come for the receivers in this one. But this Jets secondary, like that's what they want you to do. They want you to throw on them because that's the strength of their football team. I... I'm I'm at like my my panic level on the receivers is at like a four. Like I'm concerned, but I I think they're going to be okay. And we saw a little flash. Like get I don't I want to see the snap count. Get Rasheed Rice in the game. Get him in the game. Get that quick passing game going with him. I think that'll open things up for everybody else. But I want to ask you, Verderam, the one receiver I am concerned about is Sky Moore because he is just he's just not consistently showing up. Whereas a guy like Rice comes and makes plays seems like every week. How worried are you about Sky Moore? Significantly. I, I, you know, I thought after the first game that I covered at Arrowhead, I just kind of said to myself, I just don't see it. I, I just don't. And look, if you take away one, and you can't take it away, to be fair to Sky Moore, you can't do this. It's, it's not necessarily right. But like he had one 54 yard catch in Jacksonville on a, on a busted play where he's wide open. Like if you take that out, he has 68 yards in four games. I mean, at some point, like he's not good. Like he's just not good. He doesn't get open, he doesn't make plays. He's had two games this year, the Lions and the Jets, where he's combined for five targets and zero catches. I, I mean, at some point, like, do something. Make a play. Do anything. And, you know, a, another play in this game where they would have probably converted a first down, but he doesn't run the route the way he should, and he flattens it out at the top, and he's supposed to kind of dig and come back, and Mahomes throws a ball that if he does dig and come back, probably is, is caught or should be caught, and instead it's low and away from him. And you look at it and go, come on, man. I mean, you're in your second – you're here. Like this is game, including the playoffs now. It's what game twenty four for you. Cat, like run the route right, catch the ball. Yeah. Um, everybody talked so much about 
Kadarius Tony and who he's going to be and what he's going to do for them this year. I mean, Kadarius Tony's done a whole lot of nothing. Like, I mean, we really break it down. Kadarius Tony's done nothing. He's McCall Hardman. He's a guy. Like, yeah. he's a guy, man. Like, he has, he at this point has nine catches this year for 57 yards. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, like, and I don't care that, like, be like, well, he missed all camp and then he sprains. It's like, yeah, that's part of the problem. He's hurt all the time. He's hurt all the time. That's part of the problem. Okay. You can't consistently go into these games and just look at Justin Watson and a rookie in Rasheed Rice. Well, by the way, I like, I think of all the receivers, he might end up being the best one of them. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I like MVS, but even MVS this year, man, like been kind of a no show to this point. Now, I think he will get going. He's got a track record that says he will get going. MVS this season has six catches for 104 yards. There are guys that do that in a half. Right. right? So, I mean, the, they have been, they have been brutal brutal at receiver. There is no way around it. That all being said, do I think they'll figure it out? Yeah, I do. I mean, they've got a great quarterback and they've got Kelsey and they've got MVS, who I do think will get going here. And I like Rice, but if I'm Brett Veach, I'm definitely thinking about who's available at receiver because even if it's not a star, they need somebody. I mean, they need somebody who can just get themselves open because it is a problem for them right now. Shout out to uh, Edric for the super chat. He said, media collectively bitching about calls against the Jets when every 50-50 tiki-tack call in the game was against us, including the one that literally led to a safety pound sand. Haters going to hate, hate, hate. Uh, look, I, I think that I don't think the safety call was tiki-tack. He grabbed him by the face mask. You're in the end zone. It's a safety. What are you going to do? But to the people in the chat who are saying, the NFL's rigged and they want the Jets to lose. Look, MVS got held. He had him in a bear hug for a second. It was quick. It was fluid, but he had him in a bear hug. It Just like in the Super Bowl, it changed the whole route. And the Chiefs got a completely bogus horse collar tackle that helped the Jets along on one of their touchdown drives. So if you think the game is rigged, why would they call an obvious not horse collar? Honestly, can we just not even get into this? Like, if you think it's rigged, you're dumb and you don't understand. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not even conscious with that. If you think the game's rigged, you're dumb. Like, (laughs) you're just flat out dumb. And you should should stop talking on this this chat and go read a book. Okay? There is (laughs) no world where – you understand if somebody rigs something in the NFL, like, they go to prison. Like, I'm sure the officials sitting there going, look, I got a job that I'm making a pretty good salary. But you know what would be great? If I hit my three-leg parlay for 50 bucks tonight. Right. So I'm going to rig the game and maybe go to Levensworth afterward. But like, what the hell? I mean, yeah. and also, by the way, the penalties tonight, first of all, coming into the game, this is a crew that called more penalties than anybody else in the league. So a flag happy crew. Second of all, you want to talk about rigged third and 22. The Jets let Mahomes run for 30 yards. All right. Now, I know I, I've already seen, well, there was a holding on, Jay, or on uh, Jermaine Johnson. There is a hold on the line of scrimmage on every single play. If you want me to see him go through an all 22, I will find you a hold on both teams on almost every play in the game. Like, it's just what it is. That's the NFL. And, yes, he got held. And, no, he wasn't within 15 yards of Mahomes and it made no difference. And, by the way, <laughs> penalty on Sauce Gardner was a penalty. Just like the holding call that was on Trey Smith was a holding call. He held him. Just like the Juwan Taylor calls were good calls. And by the way, while Juwan Taylor did hold the face mask, it should have been a safety because it was a two-yard line. But it's what it is. It was close. It was fluid. You make a call. It looked like in real time he was in the end zone. I don't have a problem with that. The bottom line is that the officials are mostly going to make good calls. Occasionally, they're going to screw it up. But to sit there and be the guy or gal who's like, I think the NFL's rigged. I think that everything – you're a dope. The NFL, the NBA, the MLB, none of these sports. Do you know how hard it would be to rig a sport? Do you know how hard that would be? Hey, hey listen, Zach, we're going to need you to throw a pick here. Uh, hey, Pat, we're going to need you to throw two of the worst picks of your career. Also, by the way, guys, don't drop the ball, whatever you do. Yeah. I mean, like, what, are we, what, like, what happens if one of those guys drops the ball? What do they, what do they stop the game, bring it back, and do it again? It, it's live sports. Yeah. So it's crazy. In any event, look, the bottom line is they won an ugly game, but they won. They won. And – you walk out of it three and one with a lot to work on with your receivers, but all in all, I think you, I mean, you're, you're happy. You're three and one. You're on a three game win streak. In the next four games, you're playing teams that you're going to be favored significantly in all those games. So you go forward. Yeah, and you know 
just because the Robert Sala and Sauce Gardner were indignant doesn't mean it was a it was the wrong call. It's clearly a hold. He yeah. grabbed him by the back of his jersey and just held him. Yeah. Have you have you guys ever watched sports? Has there ever been a player in the history of professional sports that got flagged or got a penalty that wasn't like, well, what are you talking about? And it happens 50 times. God, the NBA, everybody. Nobody's ever committed a foul in the NBA. No player ever. So if you're sitting there and you see Robert Sala's like, well, I'm just really mad about that. Guys, it was a hold. He held him. I'm sorry. You know what? If anybody rigged the game, it was Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to the Jets every chance he got. Like, forget the refs. If you think if you think the NFL is rigged, you should be, be looking into Patrick Mahomes for that performance because that was pretty unlike him. I just I think it's amazing. Look, the bottom line is this is this is pretty cut and dry, right? Mahomes played awful tonight. Let's just call, let's be honest. Yep. Most nights, you're going to praise the hot of Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the world. He played like crap in this game. He did. He'd tell you that. He didn't play well. The first pick, he, he had Gray over the top. Should have completed it, honestly. it was For him, it was an easy throw. For him, it's an easy throw. Not for everybody. For him, it's an easy throw. The second throw, he just never should have made. That's a ball that should be 10 rows deep in the stands. All right? The, the, the bottom line is, if, if you look at the way the game went, the Chiefs got up big early. They kind of fell off and then they really fell off and Mahomes throws that pick and the, they, they get up 20 to 12 though at half and then the second half of the game the Jets came out and drove really well and they tied it and, and that was really I think more a function frankly of Wilson playing well than it was anything else I mean he had two back shoulders the touchdown throw was a great throw they had immediate pressure give the Chiefs defense credit though after that drive as bad as it was to that point once the game was tied 20 to 20 okay the Jets went three plays four yards punt Four plays, did gain 42 yards, but had to punt. And then fumbled. And the Chiefs, to their credit, as bad as they were offensively, the last two times they had the ball, last two offensive drives, 14 plays, 80 yards, 723. 15 plays, 45 yards, 724 off the clock. I mean, it was ugly. It's certainly not a Mona Lisa, but they did what they had to do as that game wore on, and they made a couple of plays, and they won. And you move forward. But it was – it was ugly. It was ugly, but it was in the end. You'd rather have an ugly win than a beautiful loss. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those weird games. One of those weird games where they got sluggish, made some mistakes, and look, the Jets are fighting for their lives right now. I mean, credit credit the Jets. Credit uh, Zach Wilson. They came out. They played hard. They weren't afraid to throw the football in this game, which they had been. They'd been very cautious having Zach Wilson throw the ball, and for good reason earlier in the game. And this one, they came out and said, hey, man, let's let it fly. I think it caught the Chiefs a little bit off guard. But to be perfectly honest with you, I thought the defense played really well in this game. I thought they did a really nice job, particularly in the second half. Some of those plays, some of those big plays that the Jets made, there was nothing the Chiefs could do. They were in perfect position. It was a good throw, back shoulder, credit the Jets. Sometimes the other teams are going to make plays, but you should be, I think the Chiefs did a great job of getting pressure. They didn't finish a lot, but they got a lot of pressure. They were harassing him all night. They were getting pressure quickly. I still think this is the, you know, the same defense that we were excited about that we were talking about last week as potentially a top 10, top five defense. But you've got to understand that in the NFL, you're just, you're not going to, you're not going to shut every NFL team down every single week. I don't care how good you are. You're going to give up points. You're going to give up plays. And in this game, the Chiefs gave up 20 points. If you give up, if the Chiefs give up 20 points, they're going to win every game. It's true. Uh, for the most part, it's true. And somebody noted that my dad just like crawled out of here. On it. Yeah, he did. Uh, because he was sitting behind me. He's out visiting me for like a month. And he likes to listen to the show, but he doesn't like to be in the picture because he feels like he's, he's being a distraction. And then the man crawled out like he's in the army. So uh, good. <laughs> also battling an illness and did that. So uh, yeah. kudos. That's why he's the man. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I thought the defense was okay. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, but I, I, again, I think, you know, Patrick, your larger point, you're right. Like, sometimes you just have to look at the other team and go, you know what, man? They just played better than they were supposed to, better than I thought they'd play. Like, Zach Wilson was 28-39 to 39 for 245 and two touchdowns. You know what? He played like those numbers. I mean, he played well. And yards per play, pretty close. Chiefs 6.1, Jets 5.9. Chiefs were 7-12 to 12 on third down, which is great. Uh, Jets were 5-12, which is not great, but better than their average. They came in worse in the league, like 23%. I think the thing that could get lost in this game is the Chiefs ran for 204 yards. Pacheco was, frankly, the biggest reason they won the game. But you want to know why this game was close? I'll give you two stats. 
tell you why it was close. You want to take a guess what the Chiefs were in the red zone tonight? I believe they were 0 for 4. 0 for 4. That'll do it. And they were minus 1 in the turnover ratio. That's it, man. That's why the game's close. If they even went 2 for 4 in the red zone, game's a blowout. Game's yeah. a blowout. Game's done. Now, granted, I know one of the one of the four trips was Mahomes sliding down at the one-yard line. Okay, I get it. He, he could have scored. But they were brutal in the red zone. And they came in as one of the best teams in the league. I think they were tied fifth. So, hey, it, it was ugly, man. But on a night where they went 0 for 4 in the red zone and had two ugly picks uh, and, and defensively let Zach Wilson have the game of his life, some on them, some Wilson give him credit, they won. I mean, it, I think sometimes we get so married to this whole notion that you, you can you can just walk in. Everybody saw you do an army crawl out, so you're fine. Um, <laughs> like, every, like, there's this whole notion that every win's got to be a Mona Lisa, and they're not. They're not. Last year, the Chiefs beat the Raiders in, a, in that wild game where Carl Sheffers almost started crying at Arrowhead. Yeah. It was ugly. They won. They beat the Texans in overtime. Both Denver games were games that you walked away from going, oh, geez, like, thank God that's all. But they won. They won the games. And then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Like, right now, no one's going to think on Christmas Day about this game other than to go, oh, they won that game. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's it. No one's going to look back and go, man, I'll tell you what, I know they won, but geez, you know, 0 for 4 in the red zone that day. I mean, yeah. you won. It's got to get better, but it will get better. They have a long history of getting better. I, they won the game, and that is the most important thing, no question. It's just like the Houston Texans game last year. Ugly when it happened. Nobody thinks about it. It was a speed bump on the way to another Super Bowl championship for the Chiefs. Correct. Correct. And we may look back at this game the same way. Not, a couple more Super Chats I want to get to. Shout out to our guy, Bumpa. Uh, at some point, maybe the Chiefs wide receivers uh, might not be good. And then shout out to Rhett. Uh, is our inability to identify and develop wide receiver talent starting to catch up to us? Several wide receivers that go after our wide receivers are picked are significantly better. That's a fair point. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's starting to catch up to the Chiefs, but I think this season is the litmus test because you've got two second-round picks at wide receiver and some other homegrown talent, uh, you know, J- Justin Ross. If If – Someone doesn't emerge from this group. You've got a problem at the wide receiver position, and you need to, uh, I don't know, talk to your scouts, figure something out, make a trade for a guy you know is good already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think if, if things don't change, I would agree that uh, that's the case. You, Verderan? Yeah. I mean, look, I think at some point here, you've got to get realistic with what you're looking at. And right now, again, I like Rasheed Rice. I think Rasheed Rice is going to be a good player for them. They, they have no juice at receiver. I mean, none. None of them get all. And I don't want to hear about Kadarius Tony either. Because call, call me the next time Kadarius Tony has a big game. I mean, at, at some point, like, do something. Okay? It's like that meme, right? You're poking them with this. Like, do something. Get get off for a 40-yard play. If, and I've seen people like Mike Evans. Well, Mike Evans is on a 3-1 football team. I don't think they're just going to start, uh, you know, selling off pieces. Okay? Yeah. If you're the Chiefs – you know, there's not a lot of teams out there that are so bad that you're like, okay, that team. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, do you call the Bears about Darnell Mooney? I don't love Darnell Mooney, but, he, I mean, he's better than Sky Moore is, i to tell you. Like, you know, they're a team, you know, the Panthers. I, Thielen's on a three-year deal. I don't think they're going to be able to pry him away and, and because of financial reasons. Uh, and and I, I think Thielen is kind of past his, uh, his expiration date at this point anyway. But, yeah, I mean, at some point you start looking at it and going, I don't know. I mean – do you do you do something? Do you make a call here to some of these teams? Do you, do you take a big swing? Do you call? I don't know who you'd call because most teams aren't out of it after four weeks. Um, do you call the Cardinals about Rondell Moore? I mean, he hasn't done much either, though. Like, it's not you're oh, not talking yeah. great net guys here. You're not talking big names. So Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I mean, it's at this point, man. Something. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, and I'm not saying you have to do it, but I'm just saying like they either got to get better at receiver, or they got to get somebody else at receiver because. It's hideous. I mean, it's just bad football. For three of these four weeks, they have been awful at receiver, and it, it's it's going to show up more and more if they don't get better as, uh, you know, they start playing better teams. They've given up some points, I think, in part because the offense has been so inept, but it, do you think that this is the best defense the Chiefs have played this year so far? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely, yeah, because yeah. the Bears' defense is hideous, and uh, Jacksonville's defense is not – Great by any stretch. I know they played well today, but that's more of a Desmond Ritter effect, I think, than anything else. Detroit is a decent defense, but yes, the Jets are a, the Jets have a very good defense. The Jets are a top five defense in the league. So yes, absolutely. And 
to the point of the receivers, the Jets have a great cornerback and a very, very good one in DJ Reed. So, you know, look, I think it needs to be said too, and actually, and, and Burnett uh, Music just said this, and it's a, it's a great point. And I was just going to say this. They're 3-1 and one right now. And other than the Bears game, they've kind of played like crap. And they're 3-1. and one. And yeah. I know, like, people look at it and go, well, yeah. okay. The Bengals are playing like crap. They're 1-3, right? I mean, right. look point. around the NFL. The char- Here, I'll reframe. Look at the AFC. The Bills lost to this Jets team and has since been dominant. They're 3-1. and one. Fine. The Dolphins scored 70 points last week. They got beat by 28 points in the most important game of the season today. They're 3-1. and one. Baltimore lost to the Colts. They've beaten Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They have beaten the Texans. And who's your team? Oh, and they beat the, the Bengals, who have been absolutely hideous. Yep. They're 3-1. and one. And guess what? Nobody's apologizing. The Dolphins are probably, of all the 3-1 teams, they're probably the most annoyed because they lost a big divisional game, right? The Ravens don't care that they've beaten three teams. HB. Who cares? They're 3-1. and one. Like, the Chiefs are 3-1. and one. And on the flip side, you you got these people like, oh, you know, Denver was close in some of those games. Who cares? They're one and three. What does it matter? You know, I mean, you look at the Bengals, they're one and three. You look at Pittsburgh, they're two and two. Now Pickett's hurt. You look at Cleveland, yeah, the defenses look great. They're two and two. I mean, the bottom line is Philadelphia and the NFC has not played particularly well. They really haven't. And they're four and out, and they don't care because they're going to get going at some point. And I feel the same way about Kansas City. You can sit there three and one all you want. They're three and one. The three and one, the two and one in the conference. They got Minnesota up next. They, they're going to be heavily favored in that game. They got to figure it out. But am I worried about them? Hell no. They're three and one. I mean, they're, they're right where they, they're number one. If the season ended this second, they're the number one seed in the conference. They're fine. Yeah, you uh, and and you always say this: the season doesn't really start until Thanksgiving. It doesn't. They're it's still, you know, new players, new schemes, all that stuff. We see stuff every year. There's always some team that comes out of the gate hot or there's a team that struggles. Remember the Bengals were 0-2 last year. People were dancing on their graves. They're in the AFC Championship game. So it, these early early days of the season, take a deep breath. Every This is an ongoing, living, breathing thing. These teams are still developing. A couple more Super Chats to get to. Shout out to Keith Forbes for the Super Chat. Appreciate you. Derek Watson says, uh, really surprised Spags didn't blitz more. Uh, I think they mentioned this on the broadcast, and I thought it was a, a, a good point. The Jets were getting the ball out so quickly that Spags backed off a little bit because he was worried about and, – and they've got – you know, Garrett Wilson's a really dangerous receiver. He didn't want to get beat and give up the big play, and the Chiefs generally did a pretty good job. And look, at the end of the day, it, honest to God, the fact that they gave up 20 points, that that's all they gave up, when one of one, one of of two of those points was on a safety – Mahomes threw two terrible picks and they went 0-4 in the red zone on the road against a really good defense. I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, Eric uh, Edrick says, uh, flowers for homeboy Pacheco. Yeah, let's talk about Pacheco for a second. Do you think this was his best game as a chief? Uh, I have to think all about all the other games, but it's got to be, right? I okay, mean, right. He, was, he was unbelievable. They couldn't do anything for huge chunks of the game. And the guy totals 158 yards all told. Then 20 carries, 115 on the ground, a touch, and three catches, 43 yards. He was their best player in this game tonight, point blank. I, I don't know how you could even argue that he was the best player in the game. Pacheco was absolutely fantastic and a homecoming for him. Good on him. Listen, sometimes you, you got to win in ways you don't expect to, and they did that. They ran for over 200 yards. Just because it wasn't an air show doesn't mean that wasn't pretty. That part of the game was very pretty. They did a nice job, and they ran block. They, they did a nice job in the run block. They were very, very good all night long there. So uh, I will say this. I, I can't take watching. I feel bad saying this. It's not a personal thing. I swear it's not. I can't watch Clyde Edwards alone run the ball anymore. I just can't do it. It's after watching Pacheco, it's like he runs in cement. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And it's not, look, man, it's not an effort thing. I'm not criticizing like I know the guy's giving them everything they've got and look if they put the ball in his hands and fine he's doing all he can I'm not saying he's not but it's enough man it is enough like put the ball in Pacheco's hands put it in McKinnon's hands five times a game call it a day it's just there were a couple times that you watched it and went man if if that ball's in Pacheco's hands it's a big run and would collide to run of three yards and it's not on him I don't blame him 
I, I blame the offensive play call. I get hit, just stop. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Put them in mothballs and call it a day. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I'm starting to think I, I was fine with them keeping Clyde on the roster. He's under contract, all those things. But they might want to consider bringing up P. Ryan if they need somebody. If they're trying to keep McKinnon fresh and they're looking for somebody to yeah, spell Pacheco. Uh, he looked really good. He showed some versatility. It might be worth a look at some point halfway through the season because you know that you know that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not going to be back. So right. you know why not if you if you can make the roster room, why not get a look at P Ryan in some live game action, a handoff here, a handoff there, and see how he does because he might be your guy. He might be your backup moving forward. Um, shout out to the super chat from uh, Siam. Uh, appreciate you. And then uh, Oldsters Overland says, why did uh, why did Salah say to get flagged at the end of the game? What did he say to get flagged at the end of the game? Wrong wrong answers only. Hey, look, this is a family show. Uh, it's not, but we're gonna try to we're gonna try to keep our advertisers happy and not go too too off the reservation here with this. Um, and then uh, Odella says, I'm trading a first and a fourth for Brandon Ayuk. Well, that's look, that's a great idea, but the 49ers ain't doing it. <laughs> they look like a Super Bowl team right now. And Brandon Ayuk is, is having a career year. There's no way they would trade him for a first and a fourth. No chance. They wouldn't even consider it. They wouldn't pick up the phone. So, yeah, it sounds nice. Maybe you can make it work on Madden, but in uh, not in real life. I don't think that that one's going to happen. Um, but what are your thoughts on Noah Gray, Verderham? He He's kind of – I hesitate to say a breakout because obviously he's, he's a second fiddle guy here, but he's kind of having – Maybe his nicest season so far for the Chiefs. Stepped in nicely for Kelsey in that first game. Makes a really big catch and run. Do you think we'll start seeing him a little bit more of him as they try to keep Kelsey fresh? Yeah, I do. And he's played well. Noah Grace played very well in his backup role. You know, he's a guy, again, you, know, you look at him, that he's got like eight catches on the year for like 112 yards and a touchdown. But if he does that and he gives you, you – know, if Noah Gray gives you 500 yards, that's, a, that's great yeah. <laughs> for a backup tight end. Uh, I may be to the point, like, can we just start using him as a receiver? Because he has more explosiveness than half the receivers do. It's wild, too, because, like, not not to talk about the receivers again, but, you know, a lot of people have made the point, like, well, they lost Juju, and, and that's a big deal. Juju Smith-Schuster this year, would you like to take a stab at how many receptions and yards he has this season? Oh, um, I'm going to say, like, four for 28. A little better. He is currently at 11 for 80. Ooh. I mean – it's not like Juju's over in New England making people forget about Irving Fryer, okay? Like, it's not <laughs> it's not great. And McCole Hardman, did he have a catch tonight? I don't think he did. Did he? I don't think so. So, if, unless I'm forgetting one, I'm going to try to pull up the box score because if nothing, I try to be accurate for the people. No, he, he wasn't even targeted. <laughs> McCole Hardman has one catch for six yards this season. Yeah. So, it's not as though these guys the Chiefs have lost have gone on to Grand or everywhere else. I mean, that is not what's happening. I think it's a little bit of just, look, they got to figure it out. they got to get on the right page. And let's also call it what it is, too. The first game, they dropped a million passes. They actually got open in that game. They just couldn't catch anything. But, man, it's it's also good to have perspective. And the perspective, in my eyes, is this. They have a lot to clean up with the receivers. I don't know that they have, on the whole, a lot to clean up elsewhere. And before people jump down my throat, like just hear me on this. Mahomes threw two bad picks today. But, like, you're not cleaning up Patrick Mahomes. He had a, he had a bad game. He had a, and really had a bad quarter, right? Like it was ugly. The Jets got him. Okay. But you don't, you're not like worried about Patrick Mahomes, right? You're not moving forward going, oh my God, what are we going to do about him? Like if that's your biggest problem, you're in pretty good shape. They're running the ball really well, really well. Like the Chiefs are running the ball better than they have in years. The offensive line tonight, I thought at times struggled in giving up pressure, but I also thought, you know, the first four games total, they've been very good. Like they've mostly given him a lot of time. Kelsey has been fine the last couple of games. Obviously, he was hurt the first one, slow start, fine. Um, I'm not worried about Travis Kelsey. Defensively, the Chiefs have given up five defensive touchdowns in four games. I'm fine with that. Like Right now, to me, it's really just it's cleaning up the turnovers. It's cleaning up some of the penalties. Jawan Taylor among them. By the way, I, I had all week, I had people on my Twitter mentions like, oh, these calls on Taylor. Yeah, well, how'd that go tonight? Um, where, where He just tackled the guy for a hold and then took a safety. Um, he needs to be better. But on the whole, like, it's a lot of just cleaning up penalties, cleaning up turnovers, cleaning up drops. That stuff is all 
on them. Like it's not like you're watching this going, oh, they just they they have no defense, or oh my god, they can't block at all in the run game. Or, like once they they're three and one and they play like crap. Yeah. Like yeah. they they beat Jacksonville with three turnovers and twelve penalties on the road. So I really do think they will be fine because they will clean this stuff up, but they have to clean this stuff up. And they will, but that's where you are right now. And that's why it's frustrating, but you're three and one despite all of it. Yeah. And and, and another reason I'm not panicking about the receivers and somebody said this, uh, said something similar in the chat. They said, you know, said Byron Pringle produced in this offense. Some other guys that have produced in this offense, right? Albert Wilson, Demarcus Robinson. We already mentioned Byron Pringle, Juju Smith-Schuster goes to New England. Can't do anything. McCole Hardman had over 500 yards. Can't do anything. Well, you can't even get on the field in New York. And it's not like they've got receivers, you know, falling out of their eyeballs. So if you're panicking about the Chiefs wide receivers, they need to get better. But if you don't think, if Andy Reid can figure out a way to make Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle productive members of this offense, he he damn sure is going to be able to figure out how to make Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore get rocking and rolling. You think, you know, you think Justin Watson's doing this? And another team, like it's just. Can I can I throw out something that I yeah. honestly God I think they need to do? They need to put Justin Ross on the field. Why not? I, I I've seen I've seen enough of Sky Moore. I really have. And if I eat these words, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to all the words in the world. I've seen enough of Sky Moore. Like I'm not saying bench him and don't give him a snap, but like give half the snaps to Justin Ross and give five snaps of Kadarius Tony. Give those to Justin Ross and give five of Justin Watson snaps to Justin Ross. Put Justin Ross in the field for 40 snaps and we'll see what happens. Because I got to tell you, that kid, that kid has major ability. Now, I'm not saying he's not raw. I'm not saying that he's going to go out there and be, you know, an all pro, but like, I want to see that kid because I watched a kid in the preseason who just flat out dominated people in a way that you're like, all right, that's pretty interesting. And it's not just the preseason. I watched him in Clemson destroy people. So put him and Rice on the field. Like, give me those two and MBS. And let's see what happens, man. Give me three big body dudes who can run. And then, yeah, sure. I'm not saying the bencher, but like rotating Justin Watson and rotating Kadarius Tony. I'm not, I'm not saying like just go scorched earth here, but man, put Justin Ross on the field and let that dude cook. I don't need to see any more of Sky Moore trying to get open 15 yards down. I don't need to see it anymore. I, I'm good. I'm all set. I'm done. He's had two games where he hasn't caught a pass and he's a starting NFL receiver with Patrick Mahomes. You know how hard that is? Yeah. If, now, look, we both would need to be in Velcro suits, but like <laughs> you could go out there and run 50 routes. And if, if the ball was allowed to just stick to you, you could catch one, right? Like, just just yeah. j- jump into it. Now, if we both had to catch it with our hands, we're screwed completely. But like to have a goose egg twice with, with Patrick Mahomes, that's bad. Like, that's bad, bad. That, that is nuts not to have a catch. In two straight with five targets, it's rough. And it, yeah, and it feels like he's just not looking for him. And he's going to start looking. The same thing, yeah. And the same thing happened with McCall Hardman. He got frustrated with McCall Hardman, and then he just he just stopped looking for him. He's gonna he's gonna go to the guys he trusts. And right now, he trusts Rasheed Rice. He does, and he should trust Rasheed Rice. I'll tell you what, Rasheed Rice had a couple drops. I get that. I'll tell you what that guy does though. He catches the ball. He is upfield. There is no dancing around and screwing around at the catcher. That kid is up the field. And by the way, how much better do his numbers look? If he has two more yards against the Bears against two touchdowns. Like yeah. he's that kid's good. That kid is talented. I think Rasheed Rice is going to be a very nice player for the Chiefs. Yeah. But I just don't like to me, there's no there there with Sky Moore. I'm not saying he can't be a, a depth receiver, but I'm sorry. Like you why if he was on any other team, you'd be like, who is that? What? What is he? Like no, nobody would even care. It's and you're right. Like, I was watching when Mahomes was motioning him to come back. You know, he said, come back on the ball. And all I could think of was Demarcus Robinson. All those years of Demarcus Robinson, we were like, man, he's got talent. If you just figure it out. And then, like, you'd be like, yeah, but guess what? Demarcus Robinson just turned third and two into third and seven because he ran backwards five yards. Like, at some point, it's a problem. I believe with the coaches and the players and, and the quarterback, they will figure it out. They will. Whether it's adding somebody or they'll just get the right rotation going or they'll tailor the playbook. But – that is my biggest concern right now. Everything else I'm not concerned about. They'll they'll figure out the turnovers and the penalties. Like they're they're a great team. They'll they'll knock that off. The receivers are going to concern me. And if you're looking for more more positive news other than the fact that the Chiefs won, how about this one from Next Gen Stats? Uh, Isaiah Pacheco gained a career high 100 rushing yards after contact. That's Pacheco correct. has recorded the fourth highest success rate, 45.8 percent among running backs since entering the NFL in 2022. 
minimum 150 carries. Um, so the Chiefs have something there. And they need to remember that he's back there because I know Andy sometimes likes to forget that. The other thing I wanted to mention about Mahomes, as ugly as a game as he had, he's still a big part of the reason they won because he had seven carries for 51 yards. And you might say, well, you know, they, they couldn't throw the ball and so he had to run. Well, one of the reasons, running is part of Mahomes' game. And one of the reasons why it is able to be such a strong part of his game because he's not going out there running people over like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. It's because he the defenses are so terrified of him that they can't spy him because he'll kill them. Yes. So they have to pick their spots with spying him. And it, and even in these high leverage situations, he can think about this. He, they're so scared of him that the a hole opened up in the middle of the field. So he could run 25 yards before anybody got near it. <laughs> He's quick, but that's that's unbelievable. So his just being on the field impacts the game in a positive way, even when he's playing a little bit crappy. Yeah. Oh, no, listen, I mean, no, no question. It scares the hell out of everybody's faces. And I, I also, I've enjoyed the whole, like, you know, well, on that third and 22, you know, Donovan Smith held Jermaine Johnson. And I, I got to tell you, he, he did. He held him. <laughs> I also got to tell you, you know what? If Johnson has kept playing, and st- he, if you watch that play, he just stops and starts hitting Donovan Smith in the face, which, by the way, if I if I really want to be that guy, and for a second I want to be that guy, could have called the legal hands to the face on, on Jermaine Johnson. He kind of looked like he was throwing a tantrum. He was. Like he, <laughs> he was being – look, first of all, let me just – right now, I don't care how pissed people get. This is the truth. I've asked a million people in the NFL about this over the years. If you grab a guy by the jersey, but you are inside that guy's shoulders, you're inside his frame, they are not going to call it. They're not. It's just not going to happen. And if Johnson had run through that, he probably would have gotten it to where his jersey would have clearly been getting pulled and it would have been obvious. But he just stopped 10 yards away from Mahomes and he started slapping Donovan Smith. So (laughs) number one, while it is a hold, it is a hold. They're not going to call it because you're not fighting through it. You're just standing there. Number two, if I really want to be a you-know-what, he kind of had a legal hand to the face there, man. Like, worst case, I could argue that Johnson should have been called for a penalty. And then, by the way, the Jets made up for it anyway by taking an illegal contact downfield penalty and allowing a quarterback to run 30 yards on third and 22. I mean – Down the I mean, middle of the field without shooting anybody. Like, just nobody. Just – I mean, my God, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. You, I, saw, you saw him. Like, he's backing away and he's getting ready to roll to his right, and then he stopped and he was like, oh. Oh, like it just opened up. It was amazing. I, and it's just, it's so 2023 of like American society. Just complain about it. Oh, look at this play. Bro, he ran 30 yards on third and 22. I don't care if Jermaine Johnson's being held. Man, get off a block, do something. And maybe for the love of God, if you're the Jets, don't just give up the middle of the field like it's an Autobahn. I mean, come on. Like, you know, what are we doing? And by the way, you took a penalty downfield. Like, I mean, it's just, it's so like, it's so sour grapes. Uh, and, I, and I've and i said this for, it drives me nuts when the Chiefs lose games and fans are like, it's because of the officials. No, it's not. It's because they didn't play well enough to win the game. Okay. Do you know how hard it is to kill off seven and a half minutes on a drive you start on the other side of the field? <laughs> the Chiefs ran off seven and a half minutes and started the drive in plus territory. Get off the field. Stop it. Stop it. it, it look, bottom line is, Kansas City was an ugly game, got off to a great start, start carried them, defense made stops late, three big drives at the end, they got off the field, no points against. And, hey, I'll tell you what, though, the play of the game we have not talked about, the play of the game was Brian Cook that, on that on that Brees, run, or the Brees Hall run. Oh, yeah, he was That gone. was the play of the game. If Cook doesn't tackle him, he is gone. Yep. And I don't, know that the, I don't know that the Chiefs come back with the way that game was going. Yeah. That was a phenomenal tackle. And the Chiefs ended up holding right there. And then down the field, they get a field goal. That play will get lost to time because whatever, it's one play in a million. That, to me, was the biggest play of the, of the game tonight, was Brian Cook making a phenomenal tackle on a very good running back in open space. Yeah, the Chiefs defense had good effort all night. Even on the – I can't remember who it was that made the tackle on the horse collar. That was an effort play. Nani. Derek Nani. Nani. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Turk Wharton fighting through that block to get that fumble. Th- these guys are playing hard all night long. A couple more super chats. Uh, Siam says, Matt, you are spot on about Ross. Uh, and then Rhett says, and appreciate you guys for the super chats. You're the best. Chawan Taylor is borderline unplayable. We could have kept Wiley for eight, eight, uh, eight APY, maybe lower ceiling, but he was dependable with less penalties. Look, I've been hard on Jawan Taylor. He's got to get. He's got to stop the penalties. Yeah, he, he, he does. Who's up to ten now? Yeah, he's he does. And you know, some of them with this crazy legal formation thing, but he's been getting holding calls. He's a he's a way better pass blocker than Andrew Wiley. He's he has been successful this year pass blocking for the Chiefs. He, the safety, the guy got off the the, the Jets rusher got off the line. And just he just got an extra step on him. There wasn't a whole lot he could do at that point. But in general, I think he's been quite good. If you're a Chiefs fan, you want him to figure it out. Um, I mean, just a, just two weeks ago, I was like, we got to think about benching him. And Verderam talked me off the ledge. You want him to work out because he's talented. He's still really young. He's just going through some growing pains right now. There's an adjustment playing with Patrick Mahomes, by the way particularly for right tackles, because guess which way he runs when they're engaged with the guy and they don't know what's going on back there. So they've got to learn, uh, and it's going to take Jawan Taylor some time, but hopefully not too long. Yeah, and, and again, look, he does. It's, we talked about, that, about this, if I can speak. We talked about this, I talked about this earlier. Yeah, you got to stop taking penalties as a team. And Jawan Taylor is the number one offender. It has to stop. I got killed all week by every chief fan of my mentions who was like, you keep saying it's not a conspiracy against Juwan Taylor, and it is a conspiracy. I'm like, no, man, it's not. He's taking penalties. Now, you could argue that other guys have been far off the line and should be getting called. And by the way, he did not get called for an illegal formation tonight. Okay. And if you notice, he was up on the line. There were, I think, two times I saw that he probably could have been called, but he wasn't. Good job there by him. Now, how much of that is he's usually way off the line of scrimmage, and now he's on the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden he's got to adjust. Now, I think he will adjust fine. He is a very good athlete at right tackle. But, yeah, it's been a challenge for him. And the shame of it is really he's done a really nice job when he's not taking penalties. Like, he's for the most part, I thought he struggled a little bit tonight. But I, I think on the whole, like, he's he's done a good job when he's not taking penalties. But, of course, that's a pretty massive caveat. Like, he needs to play better. Ironically, going into the season, we were all like, man, Donovan Smith take, takes a lot of penalties. Hopefully he doesn't. Donovan Smith's been great. Now, man, man got away with a little bit of a ticky-tack hold there on, on – uh, Jermaine Johnson, it may or may not have been a hold, but uh, listen, yeah, Juwan Taylor, you gotta stop, gotta stop taking penalties, man. It's got, it's got to end because it's, it's killing drives. Yeah, uh, just gotta button it up, and that's where they're at. That's where the the Chiefs are at right now as a football team. They've got some things that they've got to work on that they've got to clean out. And as you've pointed out, they're three and one, and they've got games coming up, man. If you look at their schedule. Look, Minnesota is dangerous because they're gonna. The Chiefs are gonna need to be on their game on offense because Minnesota has a terrible defense, but they can they can put up points. So the the Chiefs can't go out there and play like they did today on offense. But they got Minnesota, and then it's what Denver, the Chargers, Denver. So we talked about how the Bears was like a get right game for your offense. The Chiefs got things to figure out on offense. Boy, the, it it could not line up any better when you got Minnesota, the Chargers. Uh, the Minnesota, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Broncos again, and then the Dolphins, who are also horrendous defensively. Well, uh, by the way, I appreciate the one guy. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it, but he's like, Ticky Tack, what the F? I'm like, yeah, bro, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he held him. Yeah, did. Also, legal hands to the face. Look at this guy. This Matt dude is dumb as shit for real. <laughs> <laughs> Man just doesn't get it. Yeah. Good for you. You keep trying. You'll get there. <laughs> In any event. Yeah, I mean, Denver, uh, Aaron Schatz, who uh, does a great job, a former football outsider and creator of the DVOA statistic, which I think is a really good way of measuring teams. Denver has the worst DVOA since they've measured football uh, through four games defensively. The worst defensively in the in the history of DVOA. The worst. That's something. It's not good. It's almost it's like it's something good. to be embarrassed about if you're the coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's going to be phenomenal when the, Bron- the Broncos and the Jets get together next weekend. Mm. I'll tell you what, Jack Wilson plays the way he played tonight. They're going to win. Okay? Yeah. They'll win if he plays that way. He was awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it is going to be very, very interesting um, to see how the Chiefs play moving forward. They, they play Minnesota. Minnesota's a team that they blitz more than anybody in football. And Brian Flores is going to come after you, and they're going to play single high. And, and, and the Chiefs, there are going to be plays to be made. It's going to be a ton of one-on-ones for the receivers. So 
this is, I don't want to say get right, but like this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for the Chiefs receivers to to really spread their wings a little bit here and start to start playing better and, and, and getting some separation. Yeah, they like to blitz a lot, and that's usually death when you're playing Patrick Mahomes. So that's something the Chiefs need to be ready for. And guys need to get open, and when they do get open, they need to catch the ball if Mahomes gets it to them on time. Um, can we just talk about the Bengals real quick? Yeah, sure. What in God's name is going on with the Bengals? We can't blame this all on Burrow's calf, can we? I got to tell you, man. No, the answer is no. But he he can't play right now. Like if you watch him throw the ball, he's all screwed up, man, with his mechanics. Like he can't drive at all. He cannot drive the ball. And when you can't drive the ball, and you combine that with the fact Burrow is an incredible quarterback, but if there's any, I don't want to say a weak point in his game, but if there's anything that he's not great at, he doesn't have a rocket of an arm. Mm-hmm. Like he's very accurate, but he doesn't have it. like so. When you take an average arm strength and you marry that to a guy who is not able to drive through the ball the way he normally would, it's leading to a lot of short passes. It, it's leading to a, a lot of inaccurate throws down the field because the ball's kind of sailing on him a little bit. And it's also the other the other two problems I have right now. Their offensive line is a mess. I mean, yeah, Simmons and company in Tennessee just teed off just teed off throughout that that's not been good i saw i think seth walder tweeted out like their, their pass rush or their pass blocking win rate going into today was 22 percent, and the average in the league is like 56 i i mean it, it's just hideous up front and then you marry that to a defense i think luana rumo is a top three defensive coordinator in the league they've gotten boat raced on the ground okay they were Awful the first two weeks were better against the Rams. Well, the Rams kind of did them some favors by going away from the run than they should have, in my opinion. Today, Tennessee ran 33 times for a buck 73 and a touchdown. Like Tannehill wasn't even good. And it wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good. Like at some point, you got to stop the run. They've not stopped the run at all. At all. And so ultimately, listen, the Bengals, I think those are their big three issues, but the obvious one, the obvious one is if Burrow doesn't get better, this is this is done. I mean it. They can't go down the field. They're a vertical passing attack. And now and now Higgins has a broken rib. He's out for an undetermined amount of time. They they got real issues because their next four games are, okay, you get the Cardinals on the road. Cardinals have been game every game this year. Played hard every game. Then they play Seattle in a game they could absolutely lose. They got a bye week, and then they play the Niners and the Bills. Like, they could easily be sitting here three and five or worse after eight games. And in the AFC, that might spell doom. Yeah, they're they're they've scored forty nine points this year. That's twelve point like twelve and a quarter points per game. Really bad. That's, that's Real bad. really bad. Um, they might just need to get Burrow, sit him for a couple games, and then see if they can make a late run and snag. You know, so many wild cards now that you can be around five hundred and sneak into the playoffs. And that's at this point, you might just be waving the white flag if you keep trotting them out there. I I think too. Listen, you're going to have to sit him if he can't play better than this for two reasons. One, he's just he's not playing well, and he's not helping them win games. Okay. Two, he is actively becoming more and more of an injury risk here by the week. He can't move. He cannot move. And if you watch that Tennessee game, he's getting pounded. Like, they can't block. He can't defend himself. I don't want to say it's a matter of time because that seems ominous, but, like, you're really tempting – fate here with with the way he is struggling to move around the pocket and the fact that your pocket's not clean okay and you know, the cardinals you probably ought to win that game the cardinals are not very talented seattle the niners and the bills all three of them none of those games are easy and i'll tell you right now the way they're playing the niners and the bills are going to kill them i mean they, those games aren't even going to be close so if i were the Bengals, i'd sit them the rest of the, the way until the bye they have two more games cardinals seahawks bye week i'd sit them that, that essentially gives you a month and if you split those games and you're two and four, it's not great, man, but you still have a shot. If you're two and four going to the bye week with him playing like this and he doesn't get right, you're two and six after you play the Niners and the Bills. So they're in a they're in a rough way. They're in a really rough way. They are not playing good football at all right now on either side of the ball. All right, we're coming up on the hour mark, so we're going to have to get out of here. Before we do, let's give away some hardware. It's time for earning their arrowheads. Verteram, which Chiefs players get arrowheads for you for their performance today? Oh, I, look, you start with the uh, hometown kid here, so to speak. Isaiah Pacheco, who we mentioned at the top, he was brilliant tonight. Okay, 20 carries, buck 15, and a touchdown. He also had three catches, 43 yards. He gets one. I, I think of anybody else on the team, you know, 
Chris Jones is quiet, but also oddly, like, had a sack and two hits. So I, I think you have to give him one. I mean, he got the sack, okay. Uh, but I will give my other one out. Well, I'll give two out. Harrison Bucker, he's not missed a kick yet this year. Excellent job by him. Big time tonight. Secondly, Brian Cook for that tackle. That play was the biggest play in the game. Awesome. Awesome tackle. And uh, it, it certainly changed the direction of that game. Yeah, agreed 100%. Um, I'm going to give one to Noah Gray. Uh, stepped up, made a big catch for them for a touchdown, was obviously a key play in this game. And uh, Turk Wharton for recovering that fumble. Yeah. Ha- like, that's that's a that's the type of play that usually will get recovered by the offense. The quarterback's back there, but Turk Wharton got down, got low, got on that ball, and got the hell out of the pile before they could pry it out of his hands. So I was happy for him. Uh, he's out there working hard. And then uh, Drew Tranquil for, again, stepping in, leading the team in tackles, wearing that green dot. He's been a really nice pickup for the Chiefs. Remember, they were without Nick Bolton in this game, which I think is was maybe easy to overlook, but he's a huge part of what they like to do. So getting him back and getting him right, I'm glad that they're not forcing him out there right now because they're going to need him for the stretch run. Yeah. Listen, we talk about this all the time. All that matters right now, all that matters is your record and how healthy you are. And if you're the Chiefs, you're sitting here, you're three and one. You are the number one seed in the AFC right now. The number one seed. And you have not played well, but a lot of it's self-inflicted. You're getting Charles Amenahu back here in a few weeks from suspension. You got two more games to go without him. You have won the last two games without Nick Bolton. You should be getting him back shortly, maybe this week. Jalen Watson didn't play tonight, getting him back. They have no long-term injuries at the moment. And you know, you look around the league and Baltimore is beat up to all hell. And it's a major long-term injuries there. Buffalo, and I want to make a note of this real quick. I felt so bad today for Tredavious White, man. Like, injuries are a part of the game and covering the sport. Like, I don't want to get numb to it, but you just kind of accept that. I felt so bad for that guy. He was so upset. He knew right away it was his Achilles. And to come back and fight so hard and and be the player he is and the the, the guy he is, I felt awful for him. Yeah, great player. Unfortunately, that's football and it happens. And I'm sure the Bills will, you know, pick themselves up and carry on, but it's, it sucks, right? The Chiefs are in a very good position in the AFC. They do not have big injuries long term. They are three and one. They have already played, I think, their toughest road game of the year is just at Jacksonville. It's already out of the way. So if you're the Chiefs, you're three and one. Now you go to the next quarter of the season. You've got Minnesota, Denver, the Chargers, Denver. Let's call a spade a spade. They should win those games. They should win all four. Now they may not. They may lose a game. Whatever. But like they should win those four games. And this offense should play very well over the next month. These are three horrendous defenses. Horrendous. The Chiefs should light these teams up. If they don't, then we have another conversation to have here about them offensively. But three and one, top seed in the AFC, leading the division. I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you should feel, even as frustrating as tonight was in a lot of ways, you should feel very good. Yeah, you can't ask for too much more. Uh, hey, shout out to all of our members who I've seen you guys really active in the chat supporting us. Uh, shout out to to Siam, who, uh, sorry we couldn't get to all your super chats, but appreciate them so much. But our members are the absolute best. We've got a great community here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. There's a lot of you still watching out there, over 700. If you'd like to become part of what we have here, it's not just the the podcast. Uh, we've got a private Discord for members only. Oh, and shout out to KCDC, who just gifted five subs. J- just what I told you, our members are so awesome. They want to pay to have more of you guys join the community. We were watching the game in the private Discord. There's a great newsletter letter written by Adam Best. We had a fantasy football league that I'm currently dominating right now. Um, shout out to Justin Rose, who took me down last week, but I'm 3-1 I'm and one as well, just like the Chiefs. Um, if you want to become a part of that, check out the link in the description wherever you get this podcast. It's a great way to support this show. We invest every single penny, every single penny we make on this podcast back into the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We're trying to expand it, bring in more guests, like Matt Verram, bring in hosts, all those types of things. We want to make this the best place for Chiefs content. And if you want to be a part of that, we'd love to get to know you and be friends with you and watch Chiefs football and have happy hours and trivias and all the fun stuff that we do. So please uh, give that a look if you're interested. And of course, you can always just help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for your support. Shout out to our members one more time. Shout out to Sports Illustrated's Matt Verram. Make sure you're over at SI.com this week reading his takes on all the fallout from uh, from this week. You got a column going up tomorrow? Uh, well, my my 
instant reaction column is up right now, front page of SI. You can go check that out. I wrote about every single team, every single game. Uh, I've really enjoyed doing it. It's been a lot of fun. I will also have a Monday night football column tomorrow night uh, as an instant reaction, a little bit of a deep dive on the game. And then Tuesday, I have a stock watch, a stock up, stock down, a stock holding for rookies, and then the rest of the week, a bunch of other stuff. So make sure to check it out and bother me on Twitter and uh, you know scream at me that, that things are rigged and it's a conspiracy. We'll have a good time. All right. Special thank you to uh, two of the early crew, Sterling Holmes, Joe Summers, Matt Connor for the pregame show, the halftime show. Shout out to producer Richard, who's been making it all work all night long. Matt Verderan, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll be back on Tuesday with our regular slate of shows here on the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.